What's up, fellow Zeros? Thanks for tuning in to Zeros Talking Heroes, the podcast that always says wars are won on full stomachs. I'm your host, Joe, and I brought with me two members of the Bat Clan. That was predictable, wasn't it? (laughs) To talk to you about the movie Batman Ninja, we have Corey. The podcast where eating, where isn't eating a banana a little cliche? And sequel. The podcast, I can't wait to taste this fish dish you've been talking about. That was going to be my second choice. I didn't want to rewind and figure out the wording. I was like, I got this. So while watching it, I got like 20 minutes past that. And I'm like, oh crap, i got to come up with an opening line bet. And I, there's no quotes in this movie online. <laughs> so I'm like, I remember fish dish, so I rewound. <laughs> I, I, at one point I, I was thinking about doing the, the podcast that's going to make this prophecy a reality. Because, you know, I'm not going to talk about it right now. But that was, that was in contention for me. We make all prophecies into realities. We've got two new ratings on iTunes. No reviews to read, but we have two five-star ratings, so thank you very much to the two of you who decided to do it. Nice, you guys. I think I know one of them, I think. Maybe not, though. All right. How sure are you? Hmm? Nothing. Never mind. 85%. Okay. So, everyone else, get out there. Give us more five-star ratings. It's what we crave. Now on to what we've been watching this week, and since we had a vacation break... I'm sure everyone watched a lot of things. Sequel, what did you watch? I've narrowed it down to four things that I've watched. First, I watched the Making of Jaws documentary, which is on YouTube. It is also included on the DVD, the Blu-ray, and probably the VHS. My friend said he had it on VHS. Is it relatively short? No, it's almost as long as the movie. It's an hour and 53 minutes. There's so much information about the making of this movie. It had the potential to be, like, the biggest flop of its time. And, like, uh, the budget went from $4 million to $14 million. And they said on the documentary that, like, um, that's, like, the equivalent today. Looking it up, uh, Richard Dreyfuss said, like, that's from, like, a $30 million movie going to, like, $150 million. And uh, the 55-day shoot turned into a six-month shoot, which is insane. That's so much time. Right. This, you, if you love the movie, check it out because there's so many behind-the-scenes things and so many things that could have gone wrong and so many things that went wrong, which turned out to be a good thing and which, which makes this movie as like great. the shark in the water. Yep, as yeah. great as it is. The mechanical shark did not work, so they cut out a lot of scenes with the mechanical shark. So by not seeing the shark, it made it a lot more scarier. There's also the, sh- the actual real shark attack on yes. the cage, right? So yeah. they had this Australian couple film a great white uh, off the coast of Australia and they found a 14 foot great white but Jaws is supposed to be 25 feet <laughs> so they built a miniature version of the cage and they hired a um, little person to wear Richard Dreyfuss like a mock-up version of Richard Dreyfuss's wetsuit and go in the cage and the great white attacked the cage and the little person actually had a heart attack because Jesus. they they miscalculated his air tank because little people... I don't know if I'm using the right term there. This is the term he's in the document, documentary. Mm. Breathed just as much as regular people. So he ran out of air really quick. And he had a heart attack and he panicked, so they brought him up right away and got him out of there. And then they put the cage back in the water and the shark destroyed the cage. <laughs> it's, it's not funny... But, like, in my head, I'm picturing them strapping this tiny little air tank. Right, because they had to do it to scale. So, the shark destroys this cage, 
And they call Steven Spielberg, and they're like, we got the greatest footage ever of this shark destroying this cage. And he goes, well, was the guy in the cage? And they say, no. So that's why Hooper escapes and hides behind a rock. He was supposed to get eaten. Yeah, and he ended up surviving because of that. Because of that crazy circumstance. Right? That's fucking insane, wild. right? <laughs> Which, yeah. Which I like better, because if he didn't survive... Then it's like, how did Brody get back? Yeah, there's a lot more cool stories like that. I was listening to a podcast. They should do a like a Netflix series of the making of Jaws and have like actors play like the, the crew. That'd be pretty interesting. So it's like a disaster, like the disaster order treatment. Pretty much, that'd yeah. be cool. Yeah, that'd, that'd be, be pretty cool. There's a lot of stories to like back it up too. You could yeah. probably get eight episodes out of it. Did you watch it on YouTube or on your Blu-ray? It's on YouTube. Did you watch it? Yes, I watched it on YouTube. Okay, that's do something at work. No, I work at work. <laughs> he leaves work at work, and sometimes at home. Yeah. Uh, I also rewatched Black Panther for the first time since seeing it in theaters. It's really good, and I love the scenes when they go to the uh, ancestral plane. And he, and I, d- uh, you've, you gotta see the movie again. I don't dislike those. I just don't like that Killmonger gets one, and it's I, like ah, uh, that's one of the better scenes in the movie. I feel the movie is really good. I don't disagree with you. Alright, I was just thinking about as like I do want to see it again I landed on your side, right? Yes okay. I, I remember have... not minding them I just didn't know where I landed Still time to come around, Corey yeah. Def- Definitely rewatch it again though, guys Because it's like I watched the first half of it again I never got a chance to finish it If they could add it to a streaming site That'd be great uh, They should by this point, right? Yeah, yeah. It it has to be It's probably still in theaters no, somewhere it's, Is the it's problem amazing. It's actually definitely in theaters Is somewhere it? still isn't it on Netflix? No. Mm. I don't think so. I watched it with students, so... I it might be. It's on Netflix. Really? Well, the, the the physical media came out. I watched it on Blu-ray. I mean, I know that. I don't yeah. know. I mean, the teacher may have also gotten the movie and I put it in, but I thought I, I thought I watched it on Netflix. But that might be wrong. Yeah, what a year for Marvel. Uh, <laughs> I feel like we say that every year. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, I mean, it's interesting that, like... The closest thing to a dud that they've produced the last this year is Ant Man and the Wasp, and it's not a dud. It's, it's not still, a dud. It's, it's a perfectly fine movie. It's still I got to show you. I showed just, yeah. I showed Joe before you got here. I did my MCU rankings again. Okay, and like they're completely different from like what they were before. But yeah, Ant Man and the Wasp really low, yeah. but it's still a fine movie. <laughs> it's that's true. It's. <laughs> When you when you produce that many great things, something has to be at the bottom just by process of elimination, right? Not the not necessarily because it's a bad movie. I I feel it got like a solid sixteen out of twenty or fifteen out of twenty. Very impressive. Yeah, for sure. Considering there's so many like James Bond movies, and a lot of them are pretty bad. They there MCU has been killing it, but we all know this. I saw Chappaquiddick. How was it? Really bad. Okay, I didn't like it. But I could see why the Kennedy family paid to have it pulled from theaters. <laughs> they re- they make Ted Kennedy out to be like. At one point, I turned to my dad. And I'm like, is he like mentally challenged? Because his actions are like, oh my goodness, it's it's he he was clueless and confused and d- didn't know what to do. And this, I don't know how factually accurate. I guess only he knows like what went down. Yeah, for sure. I but know nothing of the story of this movie. So but. Ted Kennedy was. Um, one of the longest tenured senators in Massachusetts. After his um, brother, Bobby Kennedy, died, he became, like, the leader of the family, and everyone expected him to run for president. 
So he had a party on uh, Chappaquiddick Island with a lot of interns that worked on Bobby Kennedy's campaign. And they hint at a romantic relationship that he wanted to start with one of the interns. And at night, they were driving in a car, and the car goes over a bridge. He gets out, swims out to safety. The movie claims he doesn't go back in to try to rescue her. And then he just goes back to the party, tells his advisors. They go to the bridge, try to go into the water. It's a pretty shallow river, and try to, uh, I guess, deep enough to drown. But she was trapped in the car, try to rescue her. They can't. And they tell him to report it, and he doesn't. <laughs> not for a couple of days later, when he realizes a cover-up is like not, uh, not an option. So it's just about him and his family and his advisors dealing with the fallout of all of this. Interesting. I didn't expect that at all. But what's interesting about it is the movie came out, and the Kennedy family paid to have it pulled from theaters. Because it paints them in a very negative light. And they're America's sweethearts. I can, I can see them not being yeah. happy with that, yeah. I, it's re- I'm really curious. I, like, um, there's a book about uh, written by one of the advisors who was there, which I, I believe, which is what the movie's loosely based on. I want to know what's f- factual and what's not, but I guess there's really no way of telling, right? So. It's all he said, she said. Mm-hmm. Ed Helms is in it. Oh, that came out of nowhere. And Kate Mara. Nice. Does Ed Helms play a Kennedy? No, he does not. Cool. He plays, I guess, the most uh, senior intern. The, the most, like, I guess, moral character oh, wow. okay. in it. And they're all kind of scummy, so... It's politics. Yeah. It's a party on a private island. Pretty much. With a Kennedy. With a Kennedy. And then lastly, I saw Skyscraper. How was it? Not good. <laughs> but not a lot of fun, though. I, mean, I could have told you it wasn't yeah, going to be good. I assume, I mean, I, but it wasn't, like, bad, but just a fun romp? Johnson or, just... Or was it not good? Disaster movieing. Yeah. But like, it should have been funnier. Okay. Like, some disaster movies have, like, humorous parts. This lacked that. And I get, and the, the jokes they do try to tell really fall flat. And there's one scene that really does piss me off. Like, I saw it in the theater, I was like, come on. <laughs> uh, the, the one scene, he, like, he puts his wife and his son in this elevator, and they're really high up, and they have to get below the fire line. Do they have Space Mountain? Or Tower of Terror? Which is the one we drop real fast? Tower that's, that's Tower of Terror. They have to get below the fire line, and he doesn't have access to control the elevator line, but he can cut it, so to speak. And he goes, alright, I did the math in my head, I'm going to cut the line, there's an emergency brake, count to five, pull the brake, and it's going to, the elevator's going to stop in time before it crashes. He doesn't tell her the cadence of like what, like, you can count to five at any speed you want. Yeah. Is it one, two, three, four, five? Is it one, two, three? And she's like, all right. <laughs> and they go, and they just do it, and they barely survive. Of course, <laughs> they do. of course they're going to survive, but, like, go in it in more detail. He doesn't count to five, it'd be okay. <laughs> and he doesn't seem, like, all that broken up about it. He's not worried at all. I like to think they had family drills of how to count to five <laughs> uniformly. Probably. For yeah. just this situation. It was a pretty stupid movie. If they had more humor in it, it'd be passable. But mm-hmm. no rewatchability there. So it's so I'd rather see San Andreas than it. I like San it? Andreas a lot more. Yeah, San Andreas is more fun than yes. assuming this one is. Absolutely. All right, that's that's pretty much it for me. That's my my four. Corey, what'd you watch? I'm narrowing it down to three myself. The first being Oculus with Karen Gillan. It's a horror movie. It's on Netflix. Um, it's about a haunted mirror. 
Uh, I passed this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've said no, I'm not watching that. <laughs> the the fairly typical horror movie overall. A couple of nifty tricks, but nothing spe- nothing super special about it. Uh, I feel like they didn't end the story, though. Like, there's not a a moment that I'm like, okay, the story the story is over now. Like the movie ends. But I don't feel like it, there's any, like, conclusion to it. Like, even if you have, like, the story end in, like, a bad way where, like, the ghost technically wins, you still have to come to, like, a logical conclusion with it. And they just don't do it. Um, and they just don't go into... They don't go into it enough. They, they don't go into the, the what actually is possessing this mirror. It's not great, but I thought it was an interesting watch. I've been wanting to watch it for a while, so hmm. I finally did it. Keeping with the horror thriller theme, I watched, was it 47 meters down? 37 yeah, 47. 47, right? That was all right. I mean, it, eh. I can't think of what the, I know the Mandy what Moore? that is. Yes, Mandy, Mandy Moore. Moore and... Oh, is that the shark one? Yeah. yeah. And this, this stupid movie where we get stuck in the cage? Yeah. Yeah, no, thank you. But so, it's, <laughs> it's a weird twist... Sort of the actual twist. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was a cool concept, I guess. I mean, wasn't executed the greatest, but uh... no. I, I'm sorry. I don't care. I, I don't care how cheap it is, how safe they claim it is. If you're going for a shark dive and you think the cage is too rusty and rickety to go into, maybe don't go. You just don't go. Like it just it's flawed from the start. And then the second biggest flaw is that they get halfway through, like, getting saved, and then what happened initially happens again, right? Yeah. So they're, they're they, the winch breaks. The cage falls a second time? Yeah. yeah. They get a second winch down there, it gets winched up halfway up, it falls again. Classic. At that Classic point, winch. At that point, you just, <laughs> you kind of just call the Coast Guard and call it a day. I think the movie would have been better if, the Coast Guard hadn't gotten called and the boat had actually left and, like, run away and been like, no, this is completely illegal. I'm not... I'm not... <laughs> we never saw this. these girls. Yeah, nobody will ever know what happened to you. It's by, by, by... And then they have to figure out how to get out of the situation with the little air they have. I think that would have been a better movie. Way more anxiety-inducing movie. For sure. Because, again, ultimately, in theory, they could have literally just sat in the cage. If, if the guys had just tied ropes to the end of the extra oxygen tanks and dropped it straight down, right. it would have they would have had all the oxygen they needed. It, whatever. Stupid. And my third and final one is a major step up. Uh, also, uh, technically speaking, this is a comedy. Get Out. I saw Get Out. Oh, yeah, right. It got, it got a comedy award. It's not a fucking comedy, guys. It won Golden Globe's Best Comedy. Best right? Comedy. That's weird, man. There's one funny guy in it. It's written by a by a hysterical comedian, but it is not funny at all. That movie is fucking spectacular. Yeah, that's very good. Oh my god, I fell in love with it about ten minutes in. Within ten minutes of that movie, I was like, I'm going to really enjoy this. Not nearly as gory as I thought it was going to be. Almost next to oh, none. No, no, next to none. All really, thrill. really, the finale is the only thing that's even like remotely gory. Yeah. That's still not that bad. It really isn't. It, it's just pure thriller done, or at least executed near to near perfection. 
Yeah. That was probably the best movie of last year. I'd say so. It got nominated. Like, a lot of people think that the Academy Awards should take place five years after the year to see which movie, like, lingers with you the best, you know? Like, that movie has the most rewatchability out of all the ones that are nominated. I'd rather watch that than Shape of Water. But would you rather watch that than Three Billboards? Yeah, probably. Okay. In all That's honesty. Fair. I really like all three of those movies, so I don't <laughs> think I can pick. Yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't gone back to rewatch Three Billboards to know one way or the other, and obviously recency bias is going to tell me that Get Out is is the choice right of now. Of course. Mm-hmm. Like, like, in 1990, I believe, um, Dances with Wolves beat Goodfellas. Okay, yeah. Goodfellas is a longer-lasting yeah. impact than I've only seen one of those movies, and it's not Dances <laughs> with Wolves. <laughs> I thought that the science that they, they introduced in that movie is really interesting, too. It's kind of got a really fun sci-fi twist on it. That, that guy uh, is the loser character from Dodgeball. Which car are we talking about? Uh, the one that is that won the, the bingo game. Oh, Steven Root? Yeah. He's Milton from Office Space. Milton from... Oh, yeah. He's also in Dodge. Is he also Ball. the guy from Dodgeball? Yeah. No, I'm yeah. wrong. It yeah. is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, he's yeah. in Dodgeball. Yeah. 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 Milton from Office Space... Yeah. The, the loser guy from Dodgeball. Fucking loved him in this role. Not something I've seen... Not a way I've seen him act before, but God, he was good for a small role, too. I thought that... Overall, I just really enjoyed that movie. Now, I watched five things. Two of them just literally going to mention and then gloss over. I watched Ready Player One again. Nice. That movie's still good. Still <laughs> like it. The one I watched, I watched Jaws. Nice. They just added it to either Netflix or Amazon Prime. I believe Netflix. Like, I think it's Prime. All right, whatever. <laughs> either way, if you have an if you have an account with either yeah, Netflix yeah, yeah. subscription, you can, you watch, can it. watch it. I recommend it if you haven't seen Jaws yet. Sequel really yeah, likes yeah. it. If you haven't seen Jaws yet, what are you doing? Yeah, are you actually an American? Or? Literally, shut this off. Go watch it. Come back, but go watch it. <laughs> yeah, says a guy who recently saw Jaws for the first time, <laughs> like a year ago. <laughs> Unbelievable. Go ahead. What's next? Third thing I watched, I watched the most recent season of Silicon Valley. How is it? It's not as good as the previous season. No J.T. Miller, right? No, T.J. Miller. T.J. Miller. J.T. Miller plays for the New York Rangers. Yes. Or at least yes. he did. I might have gotten traded. He's yeah. at least played hockey. Yes. <laughs> and, no, no, T.J. Miller in this one. It's, like, it has its moments, but it's not as good. And the way they end it, I'm not sure if they're going to keep going. Like, I'm not sure if there's another season coming. I don't know. I gotta watch it. So they, you feel like they left it off where it could just be the end? They could end it there if they wanted to. I haven't looked it up to see if they're coming out with another, uh, another season or not. I lost age. And the other two things I watched for movies I'm actually going to talk about a little bit. I watched Rocky Balboa, so I've completed the movies that have Rocky in the title. <laughs> yes, you have. <laughs> that movie's, like, fine. It's... Not amazing. It's not terrible. It's no Rocky Five. It's a. Po- it's like a. It's kind of pointless. To five. Yeah, yeah, like it's the fight I like at the end of the movie, which is generally what I like in most Rocky movies. But just like they didn't need to make this movie. The the only reason they made it is because Rocky Five is so bad. Yeah, everyone in this movie is so old. Five left like, the bad so taste. Old. <laughs> a lot of pizza's mouth. Yeah, this definitely left the better taste. Than- I for for Rocky Balboa, I love the HBO aspects of it with um because that's how they do premiere fights. Yeah, because they, oh, they yeah. modernized it. Uh, like like I like that touch to it. And I believe it's the second shortest fight scene we get. Comp- the first one's a little shorter. 
but it's there's not they they kind of go through the rounds really fast. Like the the mid rounds, yeah. yeah. The middle rounds are all. We talking about like the big end fight, right? Yes. Because I mean the f- shortest fight is probably Rocky Quadrilang one. The, yeah. Okay. Yes, but I mean like the the climate. Yeah, the, the, the finale. The fight. finale yeah, fight. Yeah. Yes. That's um, probably true. And a lot of people love the uh, little monologue he gives to his son on the street. That's it's good. People, one of my favorite ones. People consider that their favorite scene of all the Rocky movies. It's definitely my favorite scene of Rocky Balboa. I don't think it's my favorite scene of any of the Rocky movies. It's hard to not pick a fight scene as a favorite scene for ro- for a Rocky movie or a training montage or a training montage. But as far as people speaking to one another. In the collection, in like the Rocky collection, I think that's probably one of the best. There aren't a lot of highlights of Stallone speaking in those movies. No, so. I'm talking about in general. No, I'm saying, but yeah, yeah. and it, it and it's good that it's Stallone that's saying it. I mean, I again, it's that that speech screams Philly to me. He's more coherent. He's very coherent, actually. Well, the fact Thankfully. that Mike Tyson's in it also. Oh yeah. <laughs> Moving on. What else you watched, Joe? <laughs> the last movie I watched. I watched Necessary Roughness. That's a funny movie. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's Who's in that? Sinbad. Sinbad, Scott Bakula, Jason Bateman. Yeah. Okay. Um, a very young Jason Bateman. Harry Carson, yep. Hall of Fame. Robert Loggia. That's right. <laughs> Robert Loggia. That's right. That's the other Robert Loggia movie. <laughs> like, that movie I wasn't sold on, because it's like a pretty average sports movie. It's not that funny. Until the third act. Then, like, I really got into it. Compared to, like, baseball and boxing, not a lot of football movies. There's not that many. It's, I would consider it probably, I guess, a top five football movie by sheer process of elimination. Maybe. Because, like, I mean, there's Friday Night Lights. There's... We are Marshall. Remember the Titans. Titans. We are Marshall. I don't think it's great. I th- Honestly, I would probably... I'd probably watch The the Longest Yard. Yeah, there's two of those. Yeah, but I, I'm the original's probably Burn Reynolds. Yeah, yeah, the Burn Reynolds. Burn Reynolds is in both of them. I know he is, but <laughs> yeah. he's not the lead in one of them. Replace Nate Scarborough in the remake. Anyway, fucking nerd. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sports movie. <laughs> I know. I like Necessary Roughness though. No, it's it's pretty good. Yeah, like I don't know if I'd put it in top five football movies, but maybe I would. That block at the end. That's so illegal. He's bleeding so much out of his mouth. I was watching, I was like, holy shit. Doesn't even get hit in the mouth. His face mask just breaks, all blood everywhere. And no flag. No flag (laughs) on that one. The karate guy. That was the first thing that's in the third act, really deep in the movie. That's the first thing that made me laugh out loud. Brad Schneider plays the the announcer. Fumble, fumble liar. There's a couple of good lines yep. as the as the announcer. A lot of them are stupid. I love how shocked he sounds when a guy finally catches the ball. Yeah. And he caught it! Featherstone. <laughs> when the backup QB punches the guy in the bar, he's like, hey, that's the first thing you connected on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So that's Necessary Roughness. That's also been added to Amazon Prime, so if you want to check that out, if you like football movies that are kind of funny. That's a good movie. It's a good watch if you like sports movies. Absolutely. I love sports movies. So. All right. Shut up. <laughs> and that's what we've been watching. Let's do the movie facts for Batman Ninja, now that it's been forever. It's been a week. They needed to hear... They needed to get caught up with what we've been watching. Makes What's sense. been going on in your lives, listener? Just kidding, we don't have time for that. So Batman Ninja came out this year, 2018. <laughs> I love you so much. Uh, I love you too. 
It's rated PG-13, and it's one hour and 25 minutes long. Its director's name is Junpei Mizusaki, and he hasn't directed any other films, so this part is short. This movie stars the voice talents of Roger Craig Smith, Tony Hale, Gray Griffin, Tara Strong, Adam Crosdell, Yuri Lowenthal, Will Friedel, Ted Tataskiori, Eric Bauza, and Tom Kenny, and like half those people voice at least two characters. Or more than one character, I should say. Also, if you guys didn't know, Will Friedel is Eric Matthews from Boy Meets World. And, um... Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Toby Hall is, is uh, Tob- uh, Tobias from Arrested Development? No, not Tobias. Um, That's David Cross. Yeah, Tobias is David Cross, but, um... Toby Hall plays... What the fuck is his brother's name? Tony Hale? Uh, is that Buster? Buster, yes. Yes, it is Buster. Oh, yeah. So the budget and gross for the movie, I have no idea. Couldn't find them. I didn't look real hard, but... Weren't on the Wikipedia. I didn't even bother checking Box Office Mojo because it was never theatrically released. Rotten Tomatoes has a 75% for the movie. You don't have to say anything if you don't want. I'm not going to because there's... 12 reviews. Not enough to get a critic consensus. (laughs) The audience of Rotten Tomatoes has it at 42%. IMDb has it at 5.7 out of 10 and Metacritic it doesn't exist on. Hey, those are the movie facts for Batman Ninja. That was pretty brief. Let's let you know what we thought about it spoiler-free, and then we'll get into the whole nitty-gritty of Batman Ninja lore. Corey, what do you think? So I tried really hard to go into this with zero expectations, because I have one friend who said that it was complete garbage, and then I had another friend who said it was actually really, really good. So I tried to go in with, with next to no expectations, and doing so actually helped me get through Acts 1 and 2 of this movie, and then Act 3 happens, and this movie gets off the fucking rails in a way that's fucking ridiculous, and it ruins the whole goddamn movie for me. Yeah, there's just some shit that they do in this that I don't understand the choices that they made, and it might be because I'm not an anime fan, but I can't agree with what they did. So, it's fucking weird. It's a weird movie, guys. Sequel, what do you think? This movie is not for me. It's just not... Batman's done everything over the years, so it's kind of hard to come up with an original Batman story, I suppose. This was an interesting idea, but I found myself so interested in the animation styles and the, how they constantly changed. Then the actual dialogue and the story, I probably could name three or four lines <laughs> from this. It really, uh, this movie had a hard time keeping my interest it's just weird. Everything they did, um, I guess it fit in Japanese lore and culture, stuff that I'm not that familiar with and don't find particularly interesting. So, not for me, Joe. It's funny because about, I don't know, 20 to 30 minutes into this movie, I was like, oh no, Corey and Sig were going to hate this so much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate it. I'm no stranger to anime, though. I understand. Anime does some weird shit. And I've seen way more things in anime series or movies that are just complete horseshit than this movie tries to pull. So, like, these were mild things to me. I understand completely why you think they're, like, ridiculous. And I... There's still one thing in this movie that... It's not that I didn't expect, but I didn't appreciate that they did. I love the art style. 
Like the I, drawing style yes. of all the characters? Yeah, that's great. Very well I don't done. like the choppy animation style. That's become a thing in anime stuff that's been gaining traction, and I don't like that I kind of like... Much. It's like people are walking in slow motion yeah. when they're not. Yeah, we'll that's, per- yeah, that's the personal style for me. Style choice. But otherwise, I didn't love it. I didn't think it was particularly amazing, but I definitely didn't hate it. I think it's about what I was expecting out of a Batman movie that was made for Japan. Yeah. Well, I didn't pay for it. <laughs> I bought it, and I'm okay with it. I want to watch the Japanese version to see how much... Different the story comes across? Yeah. Also, there are three voice actors that are the same person in the Japanese and English version. The guy who does Bane, the person who does Bane, and the person who does the two monkeys. Sumo Bane. <laughs> the two monkeys is in... The one Robins. That's on Robins. Yeah. Robins the, the ones that just make noise. The, the yeah. Male okay. and female. And I feel like this might have been a little spoilery, but sorry. It's alright. So from here on out, we're going to be spoiling Batman Ninja and telling you things that happen in it. Starting right now, if you haven't seen Batman Ninja and you want to, find a way to do it. It's out there. I found the way that they started this movie to be incredibly interesting. They jump into the end of a story that starts another story. Yep. Like, this is the end of a Batman episode, let's say. If this was, like, a cartoon, the whole episode would have been him following Gorilla Grog and figuring out what he's doing... And then right at the end is when everything gets sent back in time, and then you open up the next. Mm-hmm. So to start at, like, the end there, then to start, the actual start of the movie, it, it just threw me off. But again, at, like, as far as animation style was concerned early on, I thought it was really cool looking. I didn't have any issues with it. Early, the early parts of this movie, I'm fine. It's when you get later in the movie that I start having... Fucking problems. Gorilla Grodd, not a popular Batman villain. I didn't I even think, know he existed. Think of him more as a Flash villain, especially in the uh, the uh, television show. That is true. And he was in the TV show. If a lot, he's in quite a few episodes. He's a recurring villain. Um, I had never heard of him until today, or yesterday when I watched it. Really, he's a highly intelligent gorilla. I I figured it out. I pieced it together pretty quick. <laughs> he's got mind control. Yes, I pieced that together pretty quick too, actually. But yeah, good on you. Yeah. So I love the beginning, not the beginning, I guess, but when they're introducing the villains, and they do it kind of like Kill Bill style. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Like, that's... You're talking about right after he lands and he meets up with Selina? Uh, I don't know, when they're describing how all the different yeah. villains took over different areas of Yeah, of so Japan. after after he beats up the first set of samurai, he runs into Catwoman. Yeah, and then they just Catwoman. throw pictures of the villains up on the screen with yep. the Japanese characters, and then they turn into English characters. Yep. Like, I know who the characters are, but I still really like that Yeah, in the movie. thought that was cool. I like the, um, I guess the costume choice for each villain. How it, like, kind of represents them in present time. What they would wear in, I guess, feudal Japan. Yeah. And they looked like, they looked right. Yeah. They definitely looked like they belonged. There's only one character I have a problem with the costume choice, and it's Red Hood. Oh, that was a that whole... That totem thing is that, fucking stupid. Looks like he has a silo yeah, on his head. Yeah, I was upset about that. <laughs> That makes sense. You love you love that guy. I do love that guy. And, and he's he like wearing a mask dumbest. under under it, so it's like, why couldn't you just give him a better mask to cover the rest of his face? I don't get it. My wife was like in and out during this movie. She's like, what is up with Robin's head? I'm like, I don't know, man. <laughs> do you know what the, uh, the weird Japanese haircuts? I've seen them all before. So I'm, I hated I'm, Bruce's. Bruce was the one that bothered me <laughs> because he put a fucking bat in the top of it. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so you take off the mask... And make yourself look like a monk so you blend in. 
but then you're gonna fucking stamp the bat symbol on the top just in just because people don't know what the fuck that means. He's so tall that they can't see the top of his head. Joker's hair looks like he had a bonsai tree on top of it. That is a very traditional style for. Um, they all want really traditional yeah, style yeah. for like for like a di- for like a diamo, like the head of the head of that fuel system below Emperor. That's very very traditional. The whole weird, very large robes that like come in really tight on certain spots. Super, it looked, su- it looked super futile. Like the the uh, like the the costume quote unquote costume choices, honestly, really cool. They did try to give us some history lessons, kind of weaved into this. I don't know if anybody else caught those. That's fine. A that's, little bit. That's yeah. kind of also what I preferred with um, Gotham by Gaslight. Mm-hmm. I like the the. Uh, Historical accuracy or inaccuracies, but it, it, it paints a picture of like what it was yeah. like in that time, and I appreciate that in these movies. They, they, this one was pretty good. It's not perfect by any means, but nothing really ever is. But it's it's pretty. It was pretty good considering. I love that before Robins, anyone cares about her in this movie because apparently no one gives a shit about Stephanie Brown. Is she canon? Somebody let me know if she's I canon. Know. I have no idea. Who's Stephanie Brown? She is another person who's been Robin. No, she's not. <laughs> but she is. Just someone someone out there... Not my Robin. Email us or tweet at me. Let me know if it's canon. Not my Robin. <laughs> I like that they had to make a distinction between Red Robin and Robin. Yeah. And to this moment in time, I'm not sure which is which. Red Robin is Tim Drake. Yes, but... Oh, Red the- Robin is the adult one. Thank you. Robin was the one wearing the traditional Robin yeah, costume. Yeah, that's kind of what yeah. I had, I had mm-hmm. figured, but it was like one of those things where I was like, that's close. <laughs> it could go either way. Neither of them do anything separate enough and get like called out as doing that separate thing for me to like be able to pinpoint it. Be like, oh, okay. Like, Batman wasn't like, Red Robin, go do this thing, and then it cuts to Red Robin doing it. And I also can't say the words Red Robin without wanting to say young. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I understand. So, I was, was going to say he's the one that sounds like Eric Matthews from Blue Meets World. Which would make sense. Because Yuri Lowenthal voiced Robin and Red Hood. I'm sorry, sequel. Go ahead. So we watched the dub version. We did. Yes. We, we should probably have mentioned that, I guess. I would hope that when you gave start the starring, you did the voice actors as the American voice actors, that they picked up on that. He did. I, I did. He did because I remember. He knows. He knows. I did. Right. Well, I looked up the um, voice actors as it was going on because we're not going to get Kevin Conroy or Mark Hamill ever nope. again, and it makes me sad, man, because that's like what I grew up with. They've done almost every other animated Batman movie. Not having them for this, it, it, it affected me. I don't know about. I don't know guys. that Kevin Conroy's voice would have worked with what he what he had to say in this. I don't know. That, that one I didn't mind. He would have made it work. Sure. <laughs> I like Roger Craig Smith as Batman. I didn't like Tony Hale as Joker. Yeah, that one. No. That one didn't was didn't like that voice. Nope that one. That one was a little bit of a miss. The, the laugh, laugh is fine. No, I, I was did not like the laugh. Okay, fair enough. It grew on me as the movie went. Like in the beginning, I absolutely hated the Joker's voice, but it grew on me as it got into like the second and third act. I was like, <laughs> it's okay, but I don't love it still. It, it, it's not the classic Mark Hamill voice, which no. is just too a, damn perfect. It's iconic. It's, yeah. it's just too damn perfect. So I, I lowered and tempered my expectations for what I expected out of this Joker's voice. It was okay. 
It, yeah. It's not great, but it, I, it's passable for what it for what it needed to do. I should say. In our everyday life, when we get into debates of who's the best Batman, who's the best Joker, I always say Kevin Conroy and uh, Mark Hamill. And they're like, no live action, and then I say, stop, walk away. <laughs> I said, we're not friends anymore. <laughs> I said what I said. God damn it! I'm not going to tell you twice. I'm not wrong. Anyway, what do you think of the story? Time travel. Always going to be an issue of time travel in any movie, right? I think it's everything. Fine. They, everything they did in feudal Japan would totally would have screwed up our reality today, right? If you look at it from that, but it's the prophecy. <laughs> it's exactly what he was supposed <laughs> to do. So, I guess the way that they wrap that up in a neat little bow is that the Bat Clan, like right before they leave, the Bat Clan is like, "Oh, we're going to get rid of any." signs that this even happened like we're going to go back to life as it was because this was all like feudal japan the the period of feudal japan that we're watching is pre-european and american expansion like nobody they haven't they're still isolationists they're still just living on their island if they cover it up before oh that's true the back is kind of like they're illuminati they could just like make this go away yeah they're that's the plan is just to make it go away yeah right it's not great. It's not perfect. <laughs> I didn't even think about that, but that totally makes sense. Because that's what he, that's what they say at the yeah. end. So it, it's not perfect, but at least they made an attempt at that issue. I mean, the fact that they somehow managed to make things that they wouldn't have even had access to in Gotham, slightly more problematic. If I'm a farmer in feudal Japan, and I see a bunch of monkeys and bats form a giant robot to fight Megazord... I'm not going to not remember that, no matter what the backline does to me. Of course. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm saying you mind. have to forget. Everybody will... <laughs> what if they kill you? Not the saying... Problem's off. Not happening. You may not forget... <laughs> Teflon, baby. But that, that's the... <laughs> that's the type of shit that just becomes, you know... Lore? Lore and mythology, you know what I mean? It's again. It's not perfect. The gods came from the sky and turned into <laughs> giant robots. Pretty much. <laughs> there was a big talking gorilla at one point. I lost sorry, my what? shit when the castles became transformers and turned into mechs. I was like, "Of course they have mechs." Yeah. This is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> not really, but I'm like, again, I was like, Corey and Steve were gonna hate this so much. <laughs> I, I didn't care for that at all. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine until they become the Megazord. It's a rip-off of Megazord, man. Oh, yes, it was. <laughs> oh, absolutely. No one's debating that. Oh, my goodness. And then, I'm only slightly perturbed by the Megazord. At some point, Grog pulls out this magic fucking flute that makes an army of fucking monkeys attack, and I'm okay. That might be a grud thing he already has, normally. I don't know. Or it could be the mind control helmet that he usually uses. I don't know. But then... The monkeys form one large monkey. Yeah. No. <laughs> Having a, a, an army of monkeys dressed in little samurai outfits attack a thing makes sense. Having them all organize each other into one large monkey. You gotta have that height, though. Oh god damn it! And then bats surround it, and it yes. becomes a Batman. <laughs> Not just any Batman. Awesome. But like the most. Classic original Batman. Yep, I could have pictured. I'm talking. It's from underwear. the scrolls that they have. It's from the wall paintings in the caves. <laughs> underwear on the outside, bright yellow belt, classic bat symbol. Fuck, that was. That's when I lost it. 
That's so ridiculous. It was that moment. It, it was that moment alone. I was like, that moment made you lose it. That's yeah. pretty far in. Yeah. So you fine, were fine, fine for like seven eighths of the movie. Fine with most of everything up until that third act. All right. The the mechs start to wear on me. Turning into a Megazord's really working my temper. Why the fuck is there a large monkey made out of a million little monkeys? Oh, oh, they're bats now? Of course there are. Why wouldn't there be bats? The bat claim. What do you think of Grodd's plan? Initially? Yeah, right? Is to get all the villains out of Gotham so he could run Gotham? I mean, it worked. Like, it would have... Had he not accidentally sent himself... It would have worked. Or, or potentially on purpose send himself. We're not really sure. I think he was talking about... Like, did he mention how far back he wanted to send him, though? He Cause, doesn't. Because he... I, I, it, I think it, it's to where they were. Well, that's just stupid, because then where you are living now is going to be ruled by chaos via the Joker at that point anyway. So that's it's kind of like a... Uh, Joker wouldn't have to A Bill and Ted time machine where it could send you back in time and throughout different locations, too. Yeah. Like, they aren't limited, like, with um, the DeLorean, Back to the Future, you're wherever you're driving, that's where you're... All right, your, geog- your geographical location stays the same. It's right. just time that changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting, I guess. Kind of more like a TARDIS. Yeah, I figured you'd go that, but I'm not a Doctor Who aficionado That's fair. like yourself. It's okay. But it is like a TARDIS. Which is time in relative dimension and space. Except it leaves a big-ass crater when you use it. It's correct. It's kind of messed up. TARDIS just looks like a phone booth. That's right. I knew that. I found it interesting that they decided to wreck the car within minutes of him realizing that he had it. I think it's because it doesn't fit there. It doesn't. Because they wanted him to... The whole point of the thing was for him to conform to, like, how it was in feudal Japan. I think so that's I, a big anachronism. Yeah, but... And that's fine. And and that's where they took... The, it, as They ultimately took the story there in that direction, which justifies it later on. But in the moment, Alfred rips this off, and I'm like, oh, hell yeah, this is going to come in... So, this is going to come in handy so much... Whenever we finally get to a point where he has to face the Joker. Oh, he's going now. He's going... Yeah, sure. Yeah, we're only five minutes in. Only another hour of this fucking movie left. Uh, yeah, that happened to me, too. When we were 20 minutes in, I had to pause it, and I was shocked. I was like, 20 minutes in. I was like, oh, that's probably almost over. At least half. Nope. Anyway, that's my biggest, uh, I guess, story flaw with this, is they're pretty much stripping Batman down. He says it a bunch of times. I got no weapons. I got no gadgets. I got no vehicles. I don't know what to do. He's got to learn this 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 ninja style, and and save the day, so to speak. And then it turns into giant robots fighting, which is a weapon and a gadget, so it's in a vehicle. So it's like and somehow Joker was able to advance the push the industrial revolution up, right? The feudal Japan. That was a line in it. Yep. <laughs> Cole. <laughs> Everybody has guns. Yeah. Well, a couple people have guns. Enough people have guns yeah. where it's a problem. I mean, of course, Red Hood has guns. And so Batman got there two years after everyone after else. After everyone else, yeah. For reasons. Because Grodd hesitated, or it took us an extra couple of seconds to send Batman back, or for Batman to get sent back. That's what he says yeah. in the movie. I don't think he understands how he got sent back. I'm just th- guessing. Yeah. I thought that the whole thing was that they all kind of got peppered around the same time, but it did just spread out. He just happened to be the last one. It's just weird. Like, I want, like, the fact that Alfred's there, 
I don't know where Alfred was in proximity to where this was. He was in the Batmobile, but was he in the Batcave in the Batmobile, or was he in the area? No, he, they, they show the video. He's, like, outside of the building, All right. outside of Arkham. Because it wouldn't make sense for him to be there and not, like, the entire city of Gotham. Yeah. No, the, Alfred was in the Batmobile right outside waiting for... Bruce to get out, which is something that never, never happens. happens. No, it was it's like it was just another way to feed an extra character into the story. Yeah, they're shoehorning Alfred in, which is silly because they've got honestly they've got enough. They've got too. I would argue too many. I might argue they have too many villains in this. I, I would agree with that, considering how underutilized like the Penguin is or Poison Ivy. Right, they're pretty much just. They're not there until the third act when the mechs show up. They, they, they're they're, they're mentioned the early on, but yeah. you don't see them mention, do anything. Yeah. I'm okay with it. I think for what they're doing with the movie, I mean, it makes sense that they need five lords or whatever, so why not introduce us to prominent Batman villains? That's fair. I guess... It, and Grub. And Grub. <laughs> well, Grub's the mastermind. I guess for and me... the shogi board. Yeah. <laughs> I guess for me, I, I thought what was going to end up happening was that he was going to take out each... Of the feudal lords building up to the Joker, but instead he loses to the Joker, teams up with Grod. Grodga? Grod. Grod. Grod, okay, good. Grod loses to the Joker again, and then everybody shows up on the field of hell. Is that what they called it? Yes. Something like that, anyway. Yeah, like, it, I thought, like, his comeback was going to be sl- at least taking out one or two of those guys first. It, it just never happened. Building up to him? Yeah. Kill style? Yeah. Because somebody was telling me, somebody was talking to me about the movie, and they said that if you think of this movie as cutscenes in a video game, it's better. Interesting. It kind of has that feel to it. It does. Sure. And I would agree with that if if he did in fact take out each villain. Think of the Arkham games. That's how the Arkham games were. Well, if it were a game, it would be more fleshed out like that. Yeah, because it's like you you take out the you do like the Penguin set of the like leg of the storyline and you do two-faced leg of, and you can kind of go either way but that's you know you take out each one of them individually to get you to the point where you're facing the Joker I think I really want to play that game now you play all should. of them absolutely no the the Batman Ninja game oh uh, okay I've played Arkham Asylum and did you fall in love with it yeah or I really liked it Arkham City is probably the best one I, in my opinion Arkham City is the last one no it's the second one second one okay there's four there is Asylum, Arkham City. Jason Todd's in at least one of them. Origins. Origins. And then there's... Arkham Knight. Arkham Knight. Knight. Knight's the last one. That's Jason Todd. I always... Those games, it's... it's uh, You have, like, the main story, which is... They make it out to be time-sensitive, but it really isn't. Yeah, it's just, oh, like, after time. Then you have, like, all the side missions. I'm like... Especially in Sid, I'm like, Batman's slowly dying. Do I have time to do this? <laughs> I love collecting all... I mean, I've only played Arkham Asylum. This is a crazy... Don't say the Riddler trophies. No, I love collecting all the, the like, the data on all the villains. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. And I loved reading it. I was like, this is great. A lot yeah. of inside info. Yeah. A lot of Easter eggs. That was fun. Riddler trophies are stupid and not worth it. No, they're dumb. Yeah, I agree. If the payoff at the end was worth it, it'd be great, but it never they, is. They never, no. It's never it's that. Never, it's never no. worth it. Those aren't all the riddles, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> no, even at night, where you finally like fight him, it's oh really yeah, two yeah, seconds. It's, uh, it's fucking worthless. Just to get that hundred percent. I'm not that guy. But on the bright side, we didn't get the Riddler in feudal Japan. Thank God. That would be weird. He's he's a big 
I think he's a bigger villain than Deathstroke is. I think it's yeah. Just, he's but not Deathstroke a, is, fits better in the story. Yeah, he's not a physical villain, the Riddler. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really fight Batman hand to hand. And no. you can't have some. You you don't want Grodd not to be the smartest man in the room. And if you had the Riddler, also it, that it, it would be at least a toss up of which one's smarter. And you kind of want the one that's like pulling the strings and being secretive and mastermindy to be Grodd. So I, it makes sense to me, but. And questionable yeah. on the hot well, springs. I would keep Brad as the mastermind. I feel that works, but I don't know. Let me sub out Poison Ivy, put the Riddler in there. I guess she doesn't do it for me. Really? She's the, she's, <laughs> yeah. she's the only one. Uh, uh, there's not a ton of female characters in this, but she's the there's only one that's. Decent amount. Well, we got two? Two. Three? Oh, three. Harley. Three. She's the only one that's dressed in that um, awkward, over sexualized yeah. version. Only one. She's in like three scenes also. Yeah. It's, a real, it's a bit part. I like that Rob, uh, Red Robin got to take her on. That I enjoyed. I like I liked the fact that all the, the Robin, they have all the Robins there. If you're going to have them in there, at least they all did something. Oh, did something. It raises the question that can a single Robin just beat one of Batman's arch nemesis? 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 Japan, baby. A lot of them just talk to monkeys, really. <laughs> Monkey cheat! <laughs> But even beyond that, it's just... It's, Didn't it's, he take out Poison Ivy? Yeah. Robin did. Robin did. I'm Red sorry, Robin. I said yeah. Robin. Yum. <laughs> <laughs> Regular Robin uh, took out Poison Ivy, yeah. Which I thought was an interesting choice, because he was the youngest, so he couldn't be seduced by, like, the, uh, like, she really didn't have, act, like, couldn't use the pheromone thing. Yeah. I guess that's true. Yeah. it wouldn't work on the younger one. Well, I thought that, that's just I don't a, know, a good choice. That was a good How choice. How are we talking here? If he's like... The kid looked like he's fucking 12. That's not old enough. Well, how old is Damian Wayne? Because, I mean, that's... Uh, I, I can't do this right now. <laughs> Either way, it would have been... If it, if it had been Nightwing... Yeah, I, see, I, I get your point. Or, like, a straight-up, like, one of the older ones, then clearly that's what Poison Ivy would have done. So it was a way to make the fight have to be different, and I thought that was in- an interesting choice. Yes, agree. Bane's in this, too. That's pretty cool, huh? Out of fucking nowhere. Sumo Bane. For ten seconds? That's about the amount of Sumo Bane I wanted. That's fair. It's kind of a one gimmick character. It was also essentially the moment that I was like, okay, okay, Batmobile, this is getting silly. That Batmobile was literally all of the Batmobiles. It was the regular Batcar. It was the Batsubmarine. It was the Batplane. The Batbike. The Batbike. The Bat Iron Man suit? Oh, yeah. That's how he beats Bane, by using the Bat Iron Man suit, and then it gets crushed under their hand. I find in all of these, the Joker gets kind of forced down her throat a little bit too much. Gotham by Gaslight was a nice break, I feel, and I think you could have just had Grodd as the uh, mastermind main baddie. But then there's no one to flip. Or if you want to have... Joe, I, I, a little too much Joker in this for me. The I, fact, I agree, but that's because the voice grated on me. I just if the, we we fight him a lot in this, like a lot. That's that's what I'm three saying. times, right? Four yeah. times. Three the times? the initial time with the Batmobile. Yeah. On the boat. At the end. Okay, so three. Three times. Two too many. <laughs> you need One at least two fights. One too many, because you know if well, usually you get usually you get like a. Uh, Batman showing up during the Joker heist or whatever his plan is, and it's a Joker escape. He spends the rest of the mo- uh, movie hunting him down, him. and then you have the uh, fight at the end. Yeah, this was like 
Fight. I think because the Joker thought that he was, rightly so, he was definitely more in a position to physically attack Batman throughout the course of this movie. He's been there longer. He's got an army of samurai. Like, it makes sense. He's in more of a position of power, for sure. Sure. I still think, I still agree. I think it's at least I'll fight too many. The choice that they made to give him and Harley amnesia and to turn them into farmers for a little bit, I kind of really like that, too. That's my favorite scene in the movie. Yeah. And I really love the animation style there. That switch was kind of gorgeous. I thought yeah, it was a beautiful, well-drawn, well-done scene. I like the color scheme with it and all, and uh, I, I wish they stuck with it. I, I really do. The fact that he came back at the end really kind of bothered me. I thought it was a bold choice. I really wish they like kept with it. There would have interesting ramifications. Right. That means the Joker would have been left in feudal Japan. No, Batman says that he'll come back and grab him before they leave. Uh, mm. Yeah, We'll come back and grab him before we leave. I think you could have done more with that for future films if they went that route. But they didn't. Well, these aren't all... Con- I'm pretty sure this is a one-shot This is probably movie. an Elseworld. Yeah. This is probably going to be... It's not really an Elseworld, but yeah, it's, cons- a, it's like, a one-off. Yeah. For sure. I like that scene a lot, though. I think that it... it, it Re reminds us, I should say, of the the constant struggle between Red Hood and Batman with whether or not to kill the Joker and how essentially what that does to their relationship, like interpersonally and the interpersonal relationship between the Joker and the Red Hood too. It's like you're getting a reminder at that like up to that point, I kind of forgot the Red Hood story. <laughs> And then Red Hood just starts beating the shit out of this guy with green hair. You're like, like, holy yeah. shit. It was like, no, he's, no. this is justified. Yeah, uh, it is yeah. justified. And then it clicks. I'm like, oh. But you feel yeah. you feel for the Joker, though, because he has no idea what's going on. The guy actually isn't sure. Right. And I mean, that's a risk. The, the, granted, the Joker is an agent of chaos and probably hadn't thought of it as a risk at the time. But that's still a fucking risk for him. Like, it, what? How does that not play out? What if the Red Hood finds me? Yeah, because there's a one in five chance that the guy who finds you is going to be Red Hood. Yeah. Do you, and does then, he even know he's there? And then there's only a, a essentially a 25% chance that Batman is the one that shows up to stop him. It's true. If any of the other Robins were to try to show up and stop the Red Hood from doing that... Well, I think they would have probably at least tried to stop him. Tried to. I don't would think they, they would have succeeded. Yeah, I don't think they would have succeeded either. No, I think, I think the only way that that situation happens the way that it happens is well the way that it happened it's crazy but it worked out and then I like the fact that he used poison ivy against or poison ivy's powers advantageously so I I thought that was an interesting choice I loved I loved that moment in the movie any other favorite scenes guys favorite moments I mean my favorite was just learning that the four robins were also going to be in the movie Cool. That happens right the after it's really the Iron, soon, yeah. Iron Man bat fight happens, right? Sure. After, after the Iron Man suit gets broken, he goes to save, tells the girl to get away, and it's Harley Quinn, and he's about to die, and then all the bats show up, right? Yeah. Yes, but so, I think he learns that the... I think we learn, like, somebody tells him that, like, he mentions that Red Robin and Nightwing, and, like, they were all there that's at, right. at Rod's place Yeah, or I think Catwoman does mention that. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. I was like, yeah, everybody, <laughs> except Stephanie Brown, because apparently she's not canon or no one cares. Let me know. Come on, Twitter. How does he not know yet? Oh, that's right, this isn't live. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> Joe, don't edit that out. Leave that bad boy in. 
<laughs> Should we go through the least favorites, I guess? Did we already... Did we do, all three of us do favorite? Yeah, our favorite's actually the same moment. Okay. Least favorite is the monkey bat robot fight at the end. That was just so off the wall and... Yeah, I just found it incredibly unappealing and uninteresting. Not for me. So, yeah, I'm with you, Steve. Well, that's that's definitely my word. (laughs) But they do one cool thing in that moment, and I hate that it's wasted on the most ridiculous thing ever. So, the Joker shoots, like, a Joker-faced torpedo at the uh, one large monkey, and as the torpedo is coming out in what seems like super slow motion, I'm like, I hope that monkey just, like, opens up and, like, goes through and, like, falls behind. Oh, good, they did do that. <laughs> Alright, they made a choice I would have made. That's nice. But, yeah, past that, it's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> I accepted a lot of this movie because I expected ridiculous things to happen and ridiculous things happened. So, I mean, I guess my least favorite part is Red Hood's helmet because it's so <laughs> bad. I don't like that. It looks like... It, it looks like the Red Hood helmet... At least similar to the Red Hood helmet from uh, The Killing Joke. A little bit. Okay, you know what? That's similar. Like, like Similar. But it's kind of the same style, so actually, I, uh, I, I get it why they did that. I don't like it, but I understand at least why it looks like that, kind of. Yeah. I was hoping for just a red mask. That's what makes sense. But I guess that's what you Red what Robin's kind of wearing. Well, what's worse is that at no point does he take... The weird fucking extra long thing off. Well, he picks it up at one point, and right when he introduces, when he's introducing the movie, when he's like looking at the Joker, like he picks it up, and you get to see his face. He's also wearing a mask under it. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> well, exactly. But like during the actual battle, he still wears it. Yeah. That can't be tactically sound. No, no. How can he see that while in that thing? I don't think he can. Can't mm. swivel in that. Anything else we want to touch on? I'm actually pretty happy with the coverage we got. Yeah, I think I'm pretty pretty. For an hour and a half it. long movie, I think we're pretty Not even. Yeah. An hour 25. All right, yeah. Stoning it, bro. Stoning it. So if you've never listened to the show before and you picked a heck of an episode to start, maybe you're an anime fan, maybe you really like the concept of Batman as a ninja, or maybe you just heard about the show recently. How we do it here is every time we, we review a movie, we also give it a rating using a scale of infinity stones from 1 to 6. 1 stone is the low end of the scale, 6 stones is the high end. If you give a movie 6 stones, you can also give it an infinity gauntlet, which is the highest score possible. What we're going to do for you now is tell us, tell you our ratings for Batman Ninja. Joe, go first. I was going to go first anyway, so good call. <laughs> <laughs> You've earned it, buddy. I should disclaim this by saying I'm grading this on an anime curve. Sure. I'm going to give this movie 3 stones... If it was, wasn't anime and it was the same movie and done the same way, I'd probably give it a two because it would be worse in my eyes. But as far as an anime, I've seen some things that just make zero sense and make this look like Citizen Kane in comparison. Not that I'm hating on anime. I do like a decent chunk of it. But I enjoyed it for what it was. I really liked the, the drawing style, the art style. I didn't like the choppy animation style, but... Some people enjoy that, I'm just not one of them. Too many animes have that now. Even the show Ruby has it. Don't like it. But yeah, Three Stones seems fair for me on the anime curve, though. I'd be totally fine with giving it a 2 also. Sequel. I'm not an anime fan, so I'm going to grade this on the sequel scale. 
I'm going to give it two stones. This movie did what it set out to do in the style it chose to be, if that makes any sense. I'm just not a fan of that style. So it, 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 this, was, um, this movie had a hard time keeping me interested. I do love the animation style. I thought a lot of scenes were beautifully drawn, and um, I found that to be the most interesting aspect. It just doesn't do enough for me to want to ever see it again. I don't... If you ever want to, you can. I own it. I could always me take it out of the library for free. Fine, if you don't want to hang out with people, <laughs> you can also watch it with me for free. This guy over here. Fuck. Hey, you want to watch this later? Yeah. You want to watch it in Japanese this time? Yes, actually. I think that's where I stopped playing anyway, because when you buy it on Amazon, it's, it's, both, just, it's yeah. back-to-back. Yeah. You guys have a... When I hit pause and it said 250, I was like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, when I looked it up, I was like, oh no, this is so long. Yeah, if I started playing <laughs> that and mine said 250, I'd <laughs> <laughs> No way we're watching this fucking movie. I feel a little fluish. I don't know if I'm going to make it. It's <laughs> Tuesday. Somebody have Cliff Notes. Blade Runner 2049. Oh, right? That was a fun moment. <laughs> There's no goddamn way. <laughs> I forgot what the red time was, but it was like, nope. Ugh. Anywho. Two stones for me. How about you, Corey? Ultimately, I'm with sequel. Uh, I think that this movie, does, I agree, it does what it sets out to do. I think it's a, a fun look. Um an interesting take on, on a Batman story. It's just not for me, and I think they made really, really dumb, wonky choices in the third act, and that's not the time to make ridiculous choices. Like, it, that's the time things are supposed to be on the up and up and starting to look... It's starting to. It's supposed to start feeling like, hey, Batman can do this, and it, at no point did it really ever feel to me like Batman could, that it needed to be everything else, and I just... I don't know. I think it was a swing and a miss for me. Overall, it gets two stones, though. I have an email from Bennett about this movie. Right. Our friend Bennett out of Kansas City. Bennett writes, Batman Ninja. Boys with a Z. Don't feel obligated to air them, but since I just saw this and had strong feelings, I, I thought I'd share them with you. My view of Batman Ninja equals it's terrible. <laughs> one star plus the gauntlet. Do you mean one stone? You oh, must mean one stone. He's our biggest fan. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he means star. He's starting his own podcast with a new rating system. Good luck. One star plus the goal to impress my feelings on the score. If I can break it down to three half-hour segments. Part one, it's great. I love this version of the Joker. Up to defeating the Joker, who, though defeated, appears to blow them all to hell as a rest resort. I give this part 98%. Part two, where all assembled dynamos... Dynamos? Dynamos. Dynamos... Make a Brit make up a brainwashed Thundercats esque Transformer is worse than is worse than the worst Michael Bay movie. This part gets an overly generous thirty three percent. Part three: the massacre of monkeys controlled by a Peter Piper Robin <laughs> with terrible hair and a Godzilla sized Batman made of actual bats. Zero percent. I hated it. Worst thing on digital film. See? Used quotes. We all we agree with Bennett pretty much spot on. Or at least I do. That's that's pretty much my review of this movie. And then he recommends as a for a good Asian twist on the Batman story. He recommends a graphic novel. It's called Batman Year One Hundred. There's a summary I'm not going to read because it's long. So the only thing I liked in this movie besides the Joker in the first half hour was Catwoman. Meow, she's cute. Here, kitty, kitty. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well yeah. done. You're zero in KC, Bennett. Thanks, Bennett. Thanks, Bennett. We'll be, we're going to be thanking you again real soon. Hell yeah. Real That's soon. sounded weird, but... <laughs> It'll make... Context will happen soon. Yes, it will. <laughs> you said what you said. Leave it in, Joe. I'm gonna. No regrets. No regrets. Not even one letter. Single letter. <laughs> so we have a package to open from Bennett. We're going to get to that in a moment. I'm going to do social media first. If you want to let us know what you thought about Batman Ninja, or please, for the love of God, let me know if Stephanie Brown is canon. Send that into e- to an, in an email to us, zthpodcast at gmail.com. Boom! <laughs> I forgot the boom. That's okay. It's been two weeks. I'm sorry. Your I have a feeling. Is so sad. I have a feeling Ben is going to email whether Stephanie Brown's canon or not. I'm totally fine with that. <laughs> All of that information can also be sent to us on our Twitter account, uh, which is at ZTH Podcast. Do is the um, link to the poll. Is the link to the poll on the Twitter. Yep. Also, go to the Twitter. We have a poll up right now. You guys are getting to directly decide what we well, I think do. It's probably over by the time this airs. Yes. Shit, never mind. The poll is gone now. <laughs> the movie has been selected. It's probably The Mask. Almost definitely. You're welcome, world. <laughs> Take a picture of you in your samurai costume and send that to us on Instagram at ZTH Podcast. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash ZTH podcast, or search for us on Facebook, in Facebook, Zeros Talking Heroes, Zeros and Heroes, and in ES. I'm pretty sure the poll is on Facebook as well, but it's not existing anymore, so don't worry about it. True. (laughs) Well said. If you want to go on iTunes, there's no poll on iTunes. However, there is a spot for you to give us a five-star rating and a review if you want. And if you give us a review, we'll read it on the air. Please do that. Please give us all the stars, and if that's just not something you're about, just start telling people about the show. Be like, they listen to the show, Zero's Talking Heroes. You check it out. Mention it in the bar. You'll run into Phil with a red hat. That happened. We're not saying you won't. It's a, it is a situation that is possible. possible. Nice. <laughs> Bump it. Yeah. Leave that in. You got it, buddy. Next time, here on the show, we're going to be reviewing the movie Willow, and we should have a special guest for that episode, because considering that's the reason we're doing the movie. You better show up. (laughs) And that concludes the show as normal. Now we're going to be opening a package that Bennett sent us, and it comes with a letter. If you don't want to stick around, thanks for joining us. If you do, here goes. (laughs) <laughs> Full disclosure, Bennett, your package showed up damaged. I had to open it ahead of time to make sure nothing was destroyed or I would have to file a claim with UPS. Everything was intact. So I know what everything is. Joe and Corey are going to be... We have no idea. Really surprised. <laughs> yeah, Joe is reading the letter, so he's going to be slightly less surprised than I am, but I am going to be completely shocked top to bottom. <clears throat> I want to get him out in order. <laughs> that's, that's fair. I don't remember. Did you rehearse this? I remember. Oh, okay. (laughs) Of course, not looking. All right. Okay. I don't care. You can look if you want. No, it's okay. (laughs) Bennett's letter begins. Also, also he included a letter with this. Dear ZTH, sorry this took so long to ship. It's been a crazy couple weeks. Despite all the ups and downs of modern life on the shiny blue marble hurling through space we call the planet Earth, your fun podcast helps in its own small way to get people through their hectic weeks. As a thank you for this small favor to humanity, mankind has favored me with many gifts over the years that I shall now pass along to you. God bless. The ZTH Gift Box Catalog. 
Inside you will find many amazing and awe-inspiring wonders. Feel free to crack open a cold one and sit back and relax as you gaze upon the gift box of many wonders, just like the apostles, Peter and John, gazed upon the radiance at the transfiguration of Jesus Christ and all his divinity upon the mountaintop in Mark chapter 9. Told you how to read this in Holy shit! <laughs> this CTH is your mountaintop experience, as the crappy old Milwaukee beer slogan says. It doesn't get any better than this, so enjoy. I am having a cold one. Just for you, buddy. I almost wish it was old Milwaukee, but no. Uh, no. no. <laughs> that bad touches my lips. Leave that in, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> You get real-life superhero Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible. I don't know what, like number 42 or something like that. If you're unfamiliar with whom Tommy is, he was in two famous movies. The first called Legend, where a young crooked-toothed Tom fights the devil himself to save the woman he loves. And the second called Far and Away, where Tom fights the European class structure to save the woman he loves, flee to America, and win land to truly discover what it means to be free. Very accurate description. Happy 4th of July, by the way. Also, I don't think he's really known for any other blockbuster movies. (laughs) Is that something you're showing us, or no? That is Mission Impossible 4 Ghost Protocol. Also on Blu-ray, DVD, and digital, and I believe the... Not the digital. He took the digital copies. Good call. So the (laughs) DVD... Hey, that's the best. I respect your choice. That's a great idea. (laughs) DVD and the Blu-ray. I own this already. It's up for grabs. All right. You said this is your favorite. This is my favorite Mission Impossible. Yes. I I haven't mean mean to rewatch that one. All right. But me and Joe can share with sure. We can. We can. This Brotherhood of the Traveling DVD. Yeah. Blu-ray disc. There's two of them in there. So (laughs) perfect. Uh, then watch the Democratic National Convention's next presidential candidate, a.k.a. The Rock, save an entire universe. No, not that universe. The Fast and Furious Cinematic Universe in Fast Five. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. Oh, God, I hope you're accurate. (laughs) DVD, Blu-ray, digital copy. Digital copy gone. Gone. Yeah, that's, he took the digital copies. That's I don't just, know if he did it for all of them. I don't think so. I kind of hope he did, because that's he, just a I great I hope he did, because he's point. a smart man if he did. He included the sleeve for Fast Five. Nice. Uh, this one, if I owned this, I would have to buy all of them. This is a sick person so I So we am. can't have this. So, <laughs> not for me. <laughs> that's fine. That's we'll pass it around again. If that wasn't enough, you're also getting the Jason Statham classic, The Transporter. Strictly Blu-ray. This is a good movie. It's in there. Strictly Blu-ray, and there's an advertisement included in there. That's good. That's good. It really ups the resale value. Just kidding. We're keeping it. (laughs) And the comedically gritty realism of Kick-Ass, the movie, aside from ZTH, nothing else expresses the adventure of friendship more than these films. This has the Blu-ray, the DVD, I believe a bonus DVD, a bonus edition in here as well. And the digital copy is included in this one. What? Ben, if you want your digital copy, yeah, we'll send you the code. We'll send it back. 100%. This is the blue I would like to keep if it's alright with y'all. <laughs> <laughs> you can add that to your collection. I'm okay with it. Thank you. You can fight with Joe over that one. I, I think I have it on DVD. 215, 216 for me? Yeah, I think I have, I think I have Kick Ass on DVD, so I don't think I need it on yeah, one. I don't want to own Kick Ass too, but that's a good standalone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we just pretend it doesn't exist. Exactly. Until we do it on the show. Also, inside is a crazy Thor book. Crazy Thor book. 
a back in black Spider-Man graphic. We might have we might have to let. Uh, We're just gonna pass these around. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. The books. We're yeah. not gonna. I figure eventually you should own them. Oh, Matt should own them. Edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Considering he has a like he collects this stuff. He right? does. So. The Spider-Man one might 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 go into Frank's collection. Though. Yeah, Frank's a big Spidey fan. Wow, this is actually really cool. Well, it gets better. <laughs> a signed Doctor Strange graphic. What? Signed via who? Doctor Strange. Oh, good. I hope. Not really. Personalized to Bennett. That's wow. Uh, it is signed. I'm going to guess it's Aaron Bacalo. Bacalo. Okay. Bacalo. I'm going to guess. I'm not sure. But. Wow. Bennett, dude. Come on. Aaron and Bacalo. This was in Converse. But it is signed. Hard copy, too. Nuts. Right? Okay, this gets crazier. It gets crazier? Yeah. And a $100 plus signed copy of Jason Aaron's enormous Wolverine omnibus. Yes, yes, I know. My generosity knows no bounds. It sure does, Bennett. Holy crap. (laughs) Poor Bennett. Snick it. Wow. Holy crap, your generosity. Oh my god, dude, come yeah, on. This is, <laughs> Bennett, this is ridiculous. We're going to have to find something really nice to send you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have a Doctor Strange Blu-ray we've been trying to give away. Over <laughs> That's true. we got to go above and beyond. Maybe yeah. we'll autograph it. <laughs> I mean, we'll definitely autograph that, but there's got to be more that we can yeah, do. Yeah, definitely, man. This is crazy. This is insanity. Dust, dust, dust jacket intact, too. I was nervous about that. Well, that's not even the end of it. Nope. It gets... <laughs> No, no, I can't. Not to mention an Ed Gale, aka Howard the Duck, Howard the Duck autograph photo. Yes. All right, that's that's all I want in my life. I'm gonna frame that bad boy. <laughs> FYI, Ed left his hometown two years after graduating from Plainwell High School, Plainwell, Michigan, at the age of 20, with only 41 dollars in his pocket, and hitched a ride to California to pursue his dream of being not a star, but a steady working Hollywood actor. His very first experience in the biz was auditioning for and subsequently winning the lead role of Howard the Duck. Initially, he was told, you are too tall. He keeps that letter readily available in his living room and often refers to it with a humble smile. What a champ. That's insane. That, that's awesome. It gets I know. better. No, there's, there's more Ow. letter left. There's two things left. I know. One of them I read. And that's not all. <laughs> You're also getting a Winter Soldier autograph photo of Sebastian, Sebastian Stan, <laughs> the Romanian-born Shakespearean-trained actor. It's true. Check out his IMDb bio, who I believe will take over as Captain America soon. Oh, it's not going to be long. God, he is so sexy in that mask. It's the Winter Soldier man. mask, in case you were I can't even. Curious. Yeah, this is insane. The last one's kind of cool. <laughs> I actually, I really like, I'm sure, what, I, I didn't read what it is exactly, but I know who it has to do with. Yeah, which is why I was laughing yeah. during the movie game. <laughs> and finally, a totally true story, but one of the most pleasant and sweetest actors today, a true gentleman by the name of Alan Tudyk, or Tudyk, I'm not really sure how to pronounce it. Tudyk. Of such notable movies as Rogue One, Patch Adams, A Knight's Tale, Firefly, Dodgeball, A True Underdog Story, and Tucker and, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil went overseas for a family vacation. You know, these Hollywood types, it was probably to some hedonistic third world country where anything goes, like Thailand or the Philippines. Anyway, he got back to the States and visited Kansas City where he ran into me, who being a huge fan of his and wanting an autograph but not having anything else to sign, he signed this wildly overpriced fish-shaped bumper <laughs> sticker for me, and now I pass it on to you. 